continuing our series that we've been going through the book of Galatians called Off the Leash. Everyone say, Off the Leash. Off the leash. Cool. That's, I'm not like the participation guy. That's probably the only thing I'll ask you to do. But um, Off the Leash, we've been talking about the freedom that is in Christ. And we've been going through Galatians. A couple weeks ago, uh, Alex just absolutely preached the walls off the building. And we were outside. We were lit- it was the end of his Bible study. He was praying and we were outdoors. That's how good it was. And um, he talked about, his message title was, What's the Move? And he talked about moving from religion to relationship. And it was so good. And then last week, uh, Nate continued in Galatians. And he, he had the wheelbarrow. That's how I'm saying it. Wheelbarrow. He said barrow, and he's trying to tell me that that's the right thing, but it's not. I don't know. I didn't do any research. Uh, wheelbarrow, and he talks about having a relationship with God. It starts with faith, and it continues with faith. We don't start with faith and then have to do things on our own to earn a relationship with God. It starts with faith, and it ends with faith. Face, faith. And now we're going to be in Galatians chapter 3, and uh, I'm super excited. Are you, are you, do you guys share that excitement? You're like, what's this guy doing wearing all brown? <laughs> like, with a microphone. <laughs> it's like, what is, I look like one of the chairs, honestly. Um, Galatians chapter 3, verse 15. Is it cool if I do some reading? Okay, let's, let's see if I still know how. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant. Yet, if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one. And to your seed, who is Christ. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ. That it should be, sorry, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of the promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. (laughs) Right? What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgression till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. Right? (laughs) Makes sense. And it was appointed through angels by the hand of the mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate only for one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promise of God? Certainly not! For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. But the scripture has confined all under sin, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith, which would afterward be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. Let's pray, and we'll talk about it. Lord God, I thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you that we can gather here in your name. Lord, your word says that when two or more are gathered, you meet us where we're at, Lord, and I just pray that you will meet us here tonight, Lord, that it won't just be another class, it won't be another conversation, Lord, that it'll be a meeting with you, Lord, that you'll be able to speak to us, Lord, you'll be able to help us understand who you are, Lord, understand our purpose in all of this, in Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. A couple years ago, after I graduated high school, 
I, uh, I'm like a grandpa with the story in the city. It's my vibe. Grandpa probably wears all brown, too. A couple years ago, uh, I graduated high school, and uh, I, I was going off to school, and I, I went to school in California. I went to a, a college that was focused on worship music. It was called the School of Worship. So I went there. It was a Christian school. And uh, when I was living in California, I lived with my grandmother and, uh, and her sister. Uh, my grandma is named, uh, when we were younger, and, uh, you know, you have to, like, kind of kiss up to your grandparents. I don't know. We called her Grandma Lois, very formal. Things have changed. It's Gma Lo now. So that's my grandma. And uh, she's, she's real G. And, uh, and she lives with her sister, who we call Aunt Mary, because she's our aunt, and her name is Mary. And uh, I, did, I got to live in their house rent-free. It was amazing. And I lived there with my, with my friend Toby, and, um, and life, life was great. The only pay, payment that we had to make was like a couple times a week, we had to sit down at the dinner table with them and eat dinner. Not so bad, Right? Yeah. Uh, because I didn't really like to eat their food, I most of the time would eat out, but sometimes I would eat at home, and uh, sometimes I would like to, to make myself some food, you know, like some frozen Tyson chicken nuggets or something. So I bought myself some frozen Tyson chicken nuggets. This is just to emphasize how bad dinner was, okay, that, and, and, and how weird the whole situation was. So the Tyson chicken nuggets are in the fridge. I, I am leaving for school one day. And it had been a couple weeks since I've eaten any of the chicken nuggets. So I'm, I'm leaving the house, and Aunt Mary says, Shane, after school, I need to have a meeting with you. And I said, oh, great. That's something to stress about all day. Thank you very much. And so we come home from school, and she says, there's frozen Tyson chicken nuggets in the freezer, and there has been eight of them. Now, there has been eight of them for three weeks. Do you plan on eating them? And I'm like, this is weird. This is strange. And I say, well, no, it's fine. You can throw them away. She's like, no, I don't want to throw them away. I want to make dinner with them. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I don't care. You can make dinner with the frozen chicken. So one night we come, and, 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 and dinner is prepared, and it is frozen Tyson chicken nuggets that she took all the breading off of. So it's just chicken at this point. She made rice, but she didn't want to cook the rice in water because that's boring. She decided to use tomato soup that almost expired and put corn in it, and, and then she fed it to me. So that is payment, okay? That is payment. Now, one day, we're, we're sitting. The kind of flow of the evening usually goes, we all come in to dinner. The table is set. We sit down. There's no food on the table. Food is in the kitchen. We sit, and there's this, like, limbo time. Maybe they do attendance. There's only three of us. I don't know. Then we sit down, and they say, okay, let's, let's get up. Now, one day, I'm sitting there, and she's, like, just staring at me, my Aunt Mary. I'm trying to have a conversation with Gma Lo. We're talking. And Aunt Mary's just kind of staring at me. And I'm like, boy, I would like this to stop, please, soon. And then she says, this is a legendary quote, I would really like to start dinner, but it does not seem like you would like to start dinner. I said, oh, God. I said, you're right, I don't. I want it to be over. I want to end dinner. And then, you know, what do I... (laughs) And then she says... Take off your hat. That's my message title tonight is Take Off Your Hat. Now, in Galatians chapter 3, we see, and and I kind of caricaturized it, but that Paul is very, very passionate talking in in Galatians chapter 3. 
he says, my brethren, right? That's how he starts. He goes, he goes, I speak in, he's like one of those guys. He's like, you really don't get it. I speak in the manner of men. There's a covenant. God made a covenant with you and your friends, they make covenants too and your friends don't annul the covenants. If they make a promise, they keep the promise. Don't you think God would do the same? And then he says, listen, he promised to Abraham, this is him, he's crazy. Paul is nuts. He says, he promised to Abraham that through his seed, his capital S, the seed, it's a seed, one seed by one, not of many, not seeds. This is Paul writing it, not me. So you're like, dude, this is so weird. This is Paul. This is me. I just wear brown. I just hear. This is Paul. <laughs> okay? He's very passionate. He's talking about this promise to a man named Abraham. Now, I love when people are super passionate about stuff, especially super passionate about stuff that I have no idea what the heck they're talking about. Like, most of the time, here's like pulling back the curtain on me. You'll, we're like hanging out, we're talking, and you're like all stoked about video games. I love to hear it. I have no idea what you're talking about. But it's awesome. But since this is the Bible, and Paul is very passionate, and Paul's a respected person, I think it's good that we take a moment, quick detour, to hopefully get as passionate about this as, as Paul is. Can we do that? So Paul is talking about the law. He's talking about the law, and he is talking about a promise. So real quick, I want to give you guys a quick history of the law by Shane and, and Julianne Gallagher, my wife in the back. She made the PowerPoint. I don't own a computer. I never will. So I'll never make my own PowerPoint. <clears throat> okay? I'm like... Not even in school now, so it doesn't matter. It all started with a man named Adam. Adam had a very close relationship with God. Adam sinned, and that relationship with God was then broken. For the next 1,000 years, sin would go crazy in the earth. The Bible says that all the thoughts of men were only evil continually. As you can see by the pie chart. So God decided that because they were so evil, God is going to send his judgment down on them. The judgment that he is sending is a great flood. And his plan for the flood is that all of humanity is going to be wiped off the face of the earth except for one person, a man named Noah. Okay? <laughs> Noah was told to build an ark and to keep him and his family safe from the flood. After the flood, God meets with this guy named Noah, and he says, go out into the earth, be fruitful, and multiply. And so God does. <laughs> so Noah, for the next couple hundred years, his family is getting bigger and bigger, and he is repopulating the earth until God chooses a man named Abraham. Okay? God gives Abraham a promise. This is the promise and the Abraham that Paul is talking about, okay? The promise is that through his bloodline, that relationship that was broken because of Adam's sin would be restored in the relationship that God intends, okay? So that is the promise, that the relationship that Adam broke will be restored through the bloodline of this guy named Abraham. So he changes his name. Instead of Abraham's family, they're now called the Israelites, 
That's pretty neat. They're cute. They're cute. The Israelites, they grow and they grow, but then they are enslaved by the Egyptians. Okay? Not good. Enslaved by the Egyptians. The Israelites, they're enslaved by the Egyptians. And they grow. They're enslaved for 400 years until God raises up a man named Moses. Moses, he is told that he is going to break the Israelites free and deliver them out of bondage of Egypt, and he's going to take them to the promised land. So God, he he is taking this family of Abraham, the Israelites, and his goal is to establish them as a country that is completely governed by God, and that country is Israel. Yay! A country. Okay? Now, on the journey, God reveals to Moses this thing called the law. It starts out with the Ten Commandments, and then it gets more and more detailed as it goes on. Now, the law is given to Moses to govern the people of God. The purpose of the law is to govern the Israelites, govern the people of God. It is their rules, it is their laws, it is their religion, it is their life. And they have to follow it. In conclusion, the law is simply the standard that God has to keep his people to. Okay? It is not the fulfillment of the promise. It is just the standard that God has. Is is a governing authority over people have anything to do with the relationship that God had between Adam and the guy? That doesn't restore it. That is simply the standard that God has for his people. The end. So then, like, what gives? <laughs> what are we talking about? I don't live in Israel. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, all right, I don't really care about the speed limit in Israel. Like, it's like, right. <sighs> so, the purpose of the law. It is this, God, he holds a very high standard for relationship. He holds a very high standard. God is perfect. We say God is worthy. God is holy. God is better. God is bigger. God is more righteous. God is smarter. God is everything greater than us. God is perfect. And his perfection does not dwell with imperfection. The purpose of the law, if we look at the Ten Commandments, and it says this, it says, it says don't lie. This is God's standard. It is perfect. He says, don't lie. Has anyone ever lied? Now, let's think back. The the Israelites, they were already a people group. And now God sends them a list of things to not do. If they need to be told not to do them, what do you think they're doing? Doing them. So then what purpose does the law serve? If God's standard is perfection, and he says, keep my standards, live like me, this is my standard, I want you to be like me, and then it's all these things that it's impossible for us to do. What gives? The purpose of the law, as Paul would write, he says, is a tutor to point us to Jesus. 
The purpose of the law is to show that God is perfect and that we are imperfect. If we want to have relationship with God, then we can't do it on our own. That's the purpose of the law. It's not that all these rules that we need to follow in order to get close to God. What it is, is pointing out the fact that no matter what we do, we can never be close to God. That's the purpose of the law. And Paul writes, he gets all mad, and he says, if there was a law that was given that could give life, certainly it would be given by the law, but it's not. We we, we can never, we can, God is perfect, and we can never be perfect because we're not God. He says, here's my standard. You don't live up to it. It's kind of depressing, bud. Came in here, your water boots on, just to make fun of me and say I'm not perfect. You guys can do this, all right? It's not me, it's Paul. Uh, The worship team, you guys can uh, make your way back up. Because I'm excited to worship. I'm excited to worship. A couple years ago, also while I was living in California, at the School of Worship, um, uh, the Phil Wickham, Phil Wickham worship singer, legendary guy, it's like, if you want to listen to good music, listen to Phil Wickham, good worship music. He is uh, going to film a music video uh, at the school. That's pretty cool, right? I think he like, has a Grammy, this guy, Phil Wickham. So that's pretty neat. The, the thing is, he's going to film this live performance of his new song. And he is going to uh, ask the, the school to come and be like the audience. So our job is to get like super into the song. It's like a song we've never heard before. It hasn't come out yet. And we're like, yeah. And I was excited. I was like, this is my big, this is my, this is my fame. This is where it comes from. This is how I do it. I knew it was going to come. Here it is. So I, I go out and I'm waiting in line to get in the thing. They give me all this paperwork that I have to fill out. And I write my name and I write my age and I forge my mom's signature. And oh, that's, no, I'm just joking. It's just a joke, Okay. And I get to the door, and, and they, they ask for the paperwork, and they look at it, and they say, oh, I'm sorry, you can't come in. I was like, gosh, darn it. I was waited here for like 30 minutes. I, drove, I left my house for this. And was, he said, because you're not of age. You have to be 18. I was 17. I'm like, okay, all right, whatever. I didn't live up to the standard that they had. There was a standard to come into the door. There was a standard for me to sit at the dinner table. And God has a standard. But let me say this. To sit at the dinner table, I had to remove my hat. To go into the music video shoot, I had to wait a couple months to turn 18. The standard that God has for us is not a standard that we can ever make and we don't have to. God... He says, you're with me. Jesus says, you're with me. He says, you can't live up to the standard, but I can and you're with me. Look at this. This is the last uh, portion of uh, Galatians chapter 3. In verse 26, it said this. It says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you were baptized in Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. 
the promise to Abraham was not that God's chosen people would have a really good law that they need to work for, they need to strive for, they need to constantly be be trying to live up to God's standard. That was not the promise. The promise was that Jesus was going to come down. He was going to live a perfect life. He was going to die a sinner's death. He was going to be dead for three days. He was going to rise again. And we get to join him in what he did for us. It's nothing to do with what we need to do. We don't need to take our hat off to sit at the dinner table with Jesus. We don't need to be a certain age to to go in and be with Jesus. There is no look we need to have. There is no rules that we need to follow to have relationship with God. There's no race that we need to be. There's no words in our vocabulary that we need to get rid of. We just need to come to Jesus. And when we come to Jesus, it says that we will have life. Following rules doesn't give you life. Living with Jesus gives you life. Let me just, let me just say this. Thank you. <laughs> At the factory, it's the same way. You don't need to look a certain way. You don't need to act a certain way. You don't need to know a certain person. You're welcome here because, like the sign says, you belong here. And you belong with Jesus. The promise is for you. It's not excluding you. There's nothing you need to do to get the promise. You've earned the promise because Jesus earned it for you.